Kathleen Scott, the artist and printmaker behind Breadcrumbs Studio and the voice here at Discovering Breadcrumbs. This is my encouragement and my thoughts to begin your creative day. And this is also a part of the Cultivate Project, a once month project where I explore mindsets and practices we can cultivate and nurture to bring more care to ourselves and to others. And for a short time, the Stillness Collection is available as an art print or as notebooks and sketchbooks but they're only available until December 14th, 2021. After that, I'll move on to the next month's cultivation project. So click the link in the show notes to see the collection and keep listening to hear some ideas on how to cultivate stillness. I'm really kind of excited about the cultivation project this month as we focus on stillness. It's probably my favorite way to cultivate self-care and one that in the past couple of months, I haven't been too great at. It's been tough for me to actually sit down and be still in the past couple months. So I want and I need to get back into the regular daily habit of stillness. And I hope you take the month of January to do the same. January is also a time where everyone has decided to set new goals, start achieving more in every area of their lives, from fitness routines to work goals to personal goals. But I want to challenge you for the month of January to set all of those new goals and new tasks and habits and things you want to embark on and instead choose to be still. This is a big challenge, I know, because everyone around you, it seems, is doing that and you want to follow what everyone else does. But sometimes it's better to be still first. So instead, begin to cultivate stillness being quiet and listening within before embarking on all these new things. And it's important that you do. See, when I first tried to sit still in silence without distraction, I sat down on a chair, pulled my legs up under, under me, and I got a soft pillow and sat there. I blinked a few times, then in a huff I stood up and I distractedly started moving around papers and pilfering at my desk and straightening up my room. Then I realized what I was doing, so I moved to the dining room table instead, and I tried to sit there and do the same. And I had a little more luck because there weren't so many things distracting me, but I still felt like I couldn't sit still. It was difficult. It was boring, actually. And actually more horrible than I thought because all I could do was think of all the other things I, could, I should be doing in that moment instead of just sitting there. So worst of all, as I kept trying it, I sat for sil in silence for only 10 minutes at a time. But I began to dredge up thoughts I didn't want in those 10 minutes. Thoughts where I beat myself up or I second-guessed things and I just kind of berated myself for sitting there while many things were left undone. You see, my to-do list back then was needlessly but extraordinarily long. And all I could do was think of how, how do people do this? How do they sit still and quiet, not get distracted, not worry about all the other things they need to do? So I thought, well, maybe this just isn't for me. Nah, maybe definitely this isn't for me. You see, I thought at least I was a type A person and type A's can't do this. It's not meant for them. But I was so wrong. Actually, I think type A's need stillness more than anyone else. So I tried it and I stopped for several years, 
knowing there might be something there, but unsure of how to do it and how to make it work for me. Then in a major transition in my life, a time where I knew I needed to look inwards, I was gifted a book called With by Sky Jathani, and I recommended I was recommended another book to read by someone else called The Untethered Soul by Michael Singer. Both quite literally were gifted and recommended within the same week, so I just picked them both up and began reading. And they both became super important in helping me learn how to be still and be okay in the stillness. So I don't take it very lightly that they both came at the same time and during such a moment when I needed them. It made me pay attention to the fact that I probably needed to start practicing stillness in a serious way. So before I get into the practice though, I wanted to talk a little bit about the benefits, what I've seen from it, why we need stillness in our lives. These are the things personally I've seen as a result of cultivating a daily stillness practice. And even though it was super hard at first, I made it a habit and I found reasons to keep it up. So now when I don't do my practice of stillness, then I'm, I'm missing out and I know I'm missing out. So I am intentional about making sure I find times during the day to be still. So first of all, there's a discovery of who you are. And I mean really who you are without your ego. And you begin to love that person because there's only room for love when the ego is no longer there. There's no judgment. There's no regret. No second guessing. You see, it's your ego that makes you do those things, not your actual self. It's in the stillness where I was able to get past my ego, that voice inside that was telling me it was all wrong. I was able to push past it. And actually, when I did, I discovered my purpose. And it's where I still go and be still so that I can remind myself of my purpose and become grounded in it. So, first of all, there is who you are and possibly what your purpose is. Second, you also discover what you actually want, what makes you truly, truly happy. When you learn to weed out the ego during the quiet time, you learn what is also making you unhappy through expectations you put on yourself or things you should do according to the rest of the world or what you've dictated to yourself has to be done. I now go back to my to-do lists that I used to carry around that were unnecessarily long. That was my ego telling me I had to do all these things. Now I know if it isn't within my purpose, I don't have to do it. So when I sit in the stillness without the ego, I start to feel joy. I start to know my purpose and I can release all those things that I'm putting on myself that I should or shouldn't do. And when you release all the things that you should do or shouldn't do, you have what's left is joy. Your ego wants to control and sitting in the stillness without the ego requires releasing the control. And here things can also look very different. Michael Singer said in his book, uh, The Untethered Soul, that your definition of desirable and undesirable as well as good and bad, 
all come about because you have defined how things need to be in order for you to be okay. <laughs> but our problem here is that relinquishing control in that moment also allows other possibilities to surface. So when we let go of our ego and we let go of those things that we've defined, then these other possibilities open up. Life's purpose is not associated with our external concerns, and we cannot get to the purpose of our lives without getting to the internal and letting the external go. You also begin to recognize in the stillness the difference between working in your purpose and working for validation. You don't matter because of what you are accomplishing, how you live, or the goals that drive you. You are not able to control all of those things all of the time. There's no way we can do that. And when something fails, a ball is dropped, or something doesn't go the way we want, we feel like we've fallen into chaos. And in that chaos, we feel like failures. However, when we live in our purpose, we live with God. And with that comes understanding that we do not have control. So we let go. And we no longer strive for complete control, knowing as long as we are in our purpose, we're fulfilled, and that God will catch us at some point. This is all what living without fear looks like. Third, practicing stillness creates the sense of peace when you carry throughout the day. It is the main reason I like to practice this every single day. You may find you only need to practice it once a week. But the peace I feel after sitting through stillness is worth a daily practice for me. Even when things in my life go wrong or I feel like I dropped the ball somewhere, I still have peace walking through it if I keep cultivating this practice in my life, which is why it's important for me to get back to it again. Fourth, you learn to daydream again. Did you daydream as a kid? I'm sure you did. But do you still do it? I didn't for a really long time. And I mean actually daydream, using your imagination. Not just a, it would be nice if this would happen. No, we're not waiting on things to happen to us. We're daydreaming what we could be, where we want to be, what would make us truly happy. And when you cultivate stillness by daydreaming again, you begin to work towards bigger goals. You begin to know yourself. You begin to know what truly makes you happy. And these dreams that you start to dream with your true imagination, you begin to think, in 10 years, I'd love to be doing this. Or in 20 years, I want to be here. And you start saying yes, and you start working towards it. And some of them may fall to the wayside, but many others may start to stick. And then you find yourself actually working towards the goal. So, you're saying, I'm convinced, but I've tried even just sitting still for five minutes, and that is so hard. I mean, how many times have you tried to stand in a line somewhere publicly and not pull out your phone and start scrolling away? It's tough. It's hard to do. But I have to agree. It is totally challenging, but we have to cultivate it. We have to be kind to it. We have to start out small, but be consistent and discover what actually works for you. This is why I call it cultivating rather than practicing. 
I used to coach athletes in practice. They always had to do the workout. I gave them every day. But this is not practice. It is cultivation. It's more like exploring what works for you and using it and practicing it all at the same time. So it's more like growing a plant that needs gentle attention attention, and figuring out what that plant needs in order to have its best growth. So why is it so challenging? Right now, as of, as of this podcast, we are in time of a lot of noise. More than the usual noise we get daily. It's Christmas, it's the holidays. We've just come off of a week, uh, or actually... I guess a full week because my emails sure were packed for a full week of Black Friday and Cyber Monday deals. There were so many emails. It was so noisy. And it's often difficult to shut this noise out. And worse, we often feel we need to listen and often act on the noise. These outside distractions make it difficult, especially if you fear missing out on something. But if you do, put it aside. Most likely it can wait. The worst thing for me was actually not the noise from the outside world, but the noise in my own mind. It is just as, or actually more problematic for me. It causes more anxiety, more agitation, and it allows for me to have more negative thinking. And learning to control this thinking was key for me to recognize it and then let it go for me to be able to sit still. I'll be going into practices that help with the, our own negative thinkings in later months. But the morning pages that Julia Cameron suggests in her book, The Artist's Way, is a great beginning step. It's what taught me how to let things go before moving on to that inner self. So sitting in stillness is always also made difficult because we may feel it's totally useless. There's so many more things we need to get done. So it seems to be a waste of time. That one was key for me. But it is not useless. It is not a waste of time. It is worth it in every aspect. So we may also get a feeling of restlessness when we sit there. It may feel uncomfortable, boring, and you may feel completely silly. You may sit there and wonder, what now? I feel totally silly. You think this isn't going to work, so you hop up and you end it. Nope, don't let that happen. It's not silly. It's uncomfortable because you're not used to it. Just let it be. Finally, we become distracted by something. Anything that let, takes us away from it. And this still happens to me. Someone walks in the room. Someone wakes up and walks in the room. This is quite often for me. But it is a time where I know I need to put it away for a minute. And I will come back later and make a point of being still. You may even be looking for a distraction to get you out of it. <laughs> Actually, that's your ego looking for a distraction and making you feel bad for doing nothing but sitting there. So name your ego, tell him to get out of the room, and anytime he likes to pipe up, which he usually does, tell him to let you be. We must be able to sit beyond the ego, and it takes practice and cultivating the practice to do it. So here's what mine typically looks like. And yours can be different, like I said. So find a way to make it work for you. Below is how I do it now. But it took a while for me to cultivate how to work it out for me. When I started, I actually would either read the Bible or a book that was thought-provoking. Then I would sit in silence, reflecting on what I read. 
and many times this relaxed me enough to sit still to go even deeper into myself. So now I actually don't start that way. I first sit down and I begin by appreciating the moment, the fact that I can sit down and be still. I relish the beauty of a new day because I start in the morning. Um, night might be better for you. It is for some people I know. And I'm grateful for the quiet. I find those things that I am most thankful for in the moment as well. And I say them out loud sometimes, and sometimes I write them down. Um, sometimes I just think them. Once I go through and I've exhausted what I might be grateful for, I begin to clear my mind to allow everything else to exhale. This is where the morning pages was super helpful for me in teaching me how to let things go and get it out of my head. Sometimes I still have to write things down to let them go, or I just push the thoughts to, to the side. If there is a thought that does keep needling itself forward into my mind, I ask myself why, and then I begin with that. Because it's in the whys and the searching for the why that I often find my true self and I find clarity with a solution or a answer, not necessarily to the problem, but a way to work the problem. Once I have that answer and I can let go of all the thoughts, I welcome in the Holy Spirit by asking prayerfully that my mind and heart be open to the Holy Spirit today. Then I just sit, knowing I am at the center of my being. At times, thoughts occur and I let them go or I hold them on, hold on to them. And it's simple, but it takes practice and it works for me. So that's basically what I do during my time of stillness. And it does take me at least five minutes to get relaxed enough and let those thoughts go, usually more like 10 minutes. But I typically like to sit there for about 30 minutes um, at the very least thinking and sitting in the quiet stillness. So a year or two ago, I created a piece of art and you can still find it, I believe on my website that said, be still. I was thoroughly inspired by a Bible verse that was speaking to me at the time. It's Psalm 46, 11. It says, be still and know that I am God. It was at the time that I felt really, I really felt the power of sitting still. And I became aware that I had previously taken the verse in a totally different way. Not necessarily wrong, but not how I viewed it at this point in my life. In the past, I had always thought this meant to not move. Don't fight the fights because God will. Don't move forward until you have a green light. When in fact, it's the opposite. I believe now it's, for me, moving forward, but being still enough to listen and hear the direction to take. As I learned to sit in the stillness and had built up the ability to sit there for an hour joyfully, I discovered that when we are still, we can hear God and we are able to come into communion with him and know him. We no longer fear the things that can go wrong. We no longer have anxiety over what we can't control because we know him and we can only know him and actually truly know him when we do sit still. With all of this, I'll leave you with two quotes, and you can find the resources I recommend for cultivating stillness in the show notes. I hope you make the time to practice stillness. It is a big benefit, no matter how you do it. You figure out a way for you to do it. 
you see that you too, you are too self-conscious to freely express yourself. This is from Michael Singer in The Untethered Soul. And from Sky Dathani in With. Without silence and solitude with gods in Norwin, we remain unconvinced of our worth. Instead, we live each day striving for affirmation, praise, and success. Rather than being set free to love others, we will be endlessly seeking to prove our own value. So, until next time, I can't wait to talk to you again. We have The Stillness, the second collection in the Cultivate Project series. And I'm offering the art print, the calendar, and the notebooks and sketchbooks that all say stillness until December uh, from December 3rd until December 14th, 2021. It will be only a two-week window starting this Friday, and I don't want you to miss it. So if you want to be doubly sure not to miss it, then head over to www.breadcrumbstudio.com backslash cultivate dash collection and join the Cultivate Collectors for free. I'll see you over there.